Good morning to all those that are here with us this morning. So thankful and grateful for your presence, especially those that are visiting with us. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we pray thy richest blessings upon you, that you had a safe journey to here, but you'll be able to go back home as well with another safe journey also. Those that are visiting online or watching online, we're so thankful and grateful for you as well. And uh, of course, we invite you back at every opportunity as well as our visitors. We invite them back at every opportunity they may have. As we look at Romans chapter 14, verses 10 through 12, we want to talk about the judgment of God and the fact that one day all of us will have the opportunity to stand in God's courtroom. God's courtroom. It is not uncommon for individuals that have gotten involved in any type of problem with the law. And the defense attorney will then step forward and say he or she will have his or her day in court one day. But one day we will have our day in court. But the only difference is, is that it will be God's courtroom. And so I want us to think about that for just a moment or two. There are probably a, a lot of things that we could say about the judgment of God. But it's really a great subject as we think about what the Bible has to say about our day when we will stand right there in front of God in His courtroom. I want us to begin by talking about the inevitability of all of us being at the judgment. It's inevitable. Listen to what, if you will, to what Paul said there in the latter part of verse 10. He says, for we shall all, or for we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. There are two things that I will share with you along these lines. First of all, the judgment will be inclusive of all. And that's really the point. There will be no exception at all. There will not be any exclusion. Every person. Did you read what he said? For we shall all. A-L-L, -L, stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Every person who has ever had the opportunity to live here on planet Earth will one day stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, there are appointments that we have from time to time in this life, and sometimes we choose to honor those appointments. And sometimes we choose to break them. But this is one appointment. Please understand this. This will be one appointment that you will not be able to give an excuse of why you won't be there because you will be there. This will be an appointment that you cannot call out and say, I'm sick. Or that you will call and say, I can't be there for whatever reason or can I reschedule. There will be no exclusions. There will not be any exceptions. 
There will not be any excuses that will be acceptable before God on this day. God has set a time for us to appear before him when, I don't know. But we need to be prepared for that day, when that day comes, even if it's in the next hour. The Bible says in Hebrews 9 and verse 27, And it is appointed unto man once to die, then cometh the judgment. The certainty of the judgment. There are just some things that are certain in this life. There are a lot of things that are uncertain about this life. But one certainty of life is that there is death. It may be the Lord will proceed our passing into eternity based on what Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians 4, 15 through 18. But unless the Lord comes first while we're still alive, we will all feel the sting of death. It is a reality. Now what Paul here is saying is that there are no exclusions when it comes to the judgment of God. You remember in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10 when Paul wrote, for we must all appear, oh, wait a minute, for we must all, you see, I had to put the emphasis where it belongs, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that every one may receive the things done in his body, whether according to that he had done, whether it be good or bad, in the book of Acts, in Acts 17 and verse 31, when Paul spent time in Athens, he talked about that one true living God, right? And he said, God had appointed a day in the which that he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained. The world would include all of us. In Matthew 25, in verse 31, Jesus talked about that when the Son of Man shall come in His glory and all the holy angels shall come with Him, then shall He sit upon the throne of His glory and before Him shall be gathered all nations. The all nations would include those of us who live here in America and the world over. And so one day we will all stand before him. Now, there's a second thing that we see, and that is the impartiality of the judge. When we think about the judgment courts of our land, is it not the case that there are occasions where justice has not been administered because of a technicality, like the reading of their rights. We all know. But if it wasn't read to them, it becomes a technicality, and the perpetrator, the guilty one, gets away with it. It's sad, but it's true. There are a lot of things that we could say about this point, but what I want to say and what I want you to know and to understand that God's judgment will be fair and it will not be excluded because of a technicality by anything at all. Abraham acknowledged this fact many, many years ago when he asked the question, shall not the judge of all earth do 
right Genesis 18.25. Of course, we know God will do what's right regardless. There are court cases all across our nation of where men and women have stood before the judge and the jury and the justice has not been administered. That will not be the case when it comes to the judgment of God. God will do what's right. He will be fair and equitable. But then I think about the fact that sometimes in our court systems, all because of a person's prestige or power, if you will, right? Or political clout or economic standing, maybe even because of their race, which is not anything that God sees. There will be times when based on a certain individual that they will literally get away with murder. Well, when we stand before God, we are all on the same plane. Nobody will be able to stand before God and say, Lord, don't you know who I am? Don't you know how much power I have? Do you know where I stood politically? God's going to say, who are you? Because you will be judged accordingly based upon what you do here on this earth. We may be somebody or something in this life. Doesn't matter. When we stand before Almighty God, we're not going to be able to leverage our, our credentials with God. On Judgment Day, every celebrity will be nameless. Every millionaire will be penniless. Every politician will be powerless. The only thing that is going to matter is whether or not we are a New Testament Christian, a New Testament faithful Christian. You see, whether or not we are living for the Lord. And so the impartiality of the judgment of God. Paul said in Romans 2 and verse 11, for there is no respect of persons with God. That is, there is no partiality with God. The Bible also says in Acts 10 and verse 34, that God is no respecter of persons. You will find that in the court systems of our day and times, based on a person's profile and prominence and so forth, that they are granted special privileges, but not so on that final day when we stand in God's courtroom. Now there's a second thing I want you to see as we look at Romans 14, 10 through 12, that not only is it the fact that it's inevitable that we will one day stand before the judgment seat of Christ, but we also need to realize our responsibility before the judgment seat of Christ. Listen again to what Paul said here in our text, verse 11. For it is written. Oh, written? You mean there's something that's been wrote down? Something that we could read? Something that we can understand? Something that we could know and apply? For it is written. As I live, saith the Lord, 
every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. Here's what you need to know. One day we will all bow before the Lord Jesus. We all. Now that's a given fact. Now we can choose to bow before the Lord Jesus prior to the judgment or we will one day bow before him at the judgment. We can bow before him today in this life and then acknowledge him as the Lord of our lives. And if we acknowledge our Lord Jesus Christ as the Lord of our life today and obey the gospel of Jesus Christ, that's, that's going to have a lot to say about how the judgment goes for that individual. But do you remember in Acts chapter 2 when the apostle Peter preached that first recorded gospel sermon? And in verse 36, he says, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God had made that same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. God's design is that we as members of the human family would acknowledge Jesus as the Lord. That is, that we would, should say that Jesus is the Lord of my life. He is the ruler he is the one who reigns in my heart. He's the one that's giving direction in my life. That's what he wants. Now, based on what those people heard in the first century on Pentecost Day, look at verse 37. They were cut to the heart. They were pricked, right? In their heart and said unto Peter and, and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? They're thinking, whoa, we have messed up. We have crucified the Messiah. We have put our Lord and Christ on that cross. What can we do to rectify this? And in verse 38, Peter said, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. When we obeyed the gospel, we are in effect acknowledging Jesus as the Lord, the Lord of our life. We are enthroning him in our heart and in our lives. Now Paul said, for it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. We have the opportunity today to acknowledge him as Lord of our life today. In this life, the Bible says, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation, 2 Corinthians 6.2. When you read the scriptures, emphasis is always on the day at hand. Why is that? Because we don't know when the Lord will return. We don't know what a day will bring forth. Now, Notice for, with me for a minute about bowing before him at the judgment. There are two classes of people, if you will, two classes that will bow before the Lord on the day of judgment. On the one hand, we have the triumph of the saints, that is the saved. The day of judgment will be a time, a time of, a day of triumph for the saved, for the saints. Why is that? Because Jesus will say to them, well done, and hopefully that's to us, 
Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Matthew 25, 21. When we stand before Almighty God, before the judgment seat of Christ, we will hear the words, well done. All because we have lived for him faithfully. We've served him faithfully. I think that's the key word. Faithfully. We might have to do a study on that. I'm going to have, I'm going to put that together. Faithfully. What does it mean to be faithful? The Bible says in Hebrews 6, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love. That's faithfully. To know that our service in the kingdom will one day be rewarded. Jesus said in Revelation 2 and verse 10, in the latter part of that verse, he says, Be thou faithful unto death, and ye will be given a crown of life. You see, that's a time of triumph. That's a day of triumph. But what's on the flip side of that? Just as the judgment will be a time of triumph for the saints and for the saved, it will be a time of terror. A time of terror for those who are sinners. It will be a time for, of terror for those who are outside of Christ. For those who are unprepared for the judgment that they are not ready for the judgment. In Hebrews 10 and verse 31, the Hebrew writer said that it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Why, it will be a thing fearful to die unprepared to meet God. Think about that. Just think about standing before Almighty God and you know that you're unprepared. You've never obeyed the gospel. You never made the decisions to become a child of God. Why? Time and opportunity is on our side right now. You may be here today and you're not a Christian. Why not obey the gospel today, right now? Well, somebody says, well, I'm healthy. I may have another 25, 30, 40 years to live. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. Somebody says, well, the Lord's not going to come. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. You never know. But I do know this. There are a lot of folks in eternity as we speak that had noble intentions they had every opportunity, and their mindset was, well, I, I will obey the gospel later when I'm a little bit older, and maybe those things will be, be a little bit more important for me at that time. And, and I, when I'm older, the only problem is death intervened. The time came, and they weren't ready. Don't let that happen to you. Do not stand before Almighty God knowing you're unprepared. I can't stress that enough. When we talk about the terror of standing there before the judgment seat of Christ unprepared, here's what Jesus is going to say to them. Depart from me. Ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Matthew 25, 41. I don't know if you could 
hear any sadder words coming from the lips of Jesus that we can read in Scripture that says, Depart from me, ye cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. You mean to tell me I'm going to be separated from the light of God's presence forevermore? Yes, indeed. That I'm going to be separated from the people that I love, that I respect, those of whom I have spent a lifetime. You mean to tell me that I'm going to be in eternity with the devil and his angels in a place that was prepared for him and not for me? That's right. Why? All because I didn't take the initiative to obey the gospel and live accordingly. Now, let's notice about our accountability before the judgment seat of Christ. Look at verse 12 of our text. Listen to what Paul said. So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. Question. Is it not the case that the Bible is given to us to make preparation for the judgment day? Yeah. Is this why God has given us this book? So that it will be a compass? And that the idea is that it will safely guide us through this life into the next life that is eternal life. And of course, God is directing us and guiding us to be with Him in eternity, in that next life. The psalmist in the long ago said, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Psalm 119, 105. God's word will get you on the right track. And if you live by it, it will keep you on the right track. There are a lot of people in our world today whose lives are what we would say messed up. Literally messed up. Their lives are upside down. And the only way to get their lives right side up and bring some normalcy to their lives is by following this book. Paul said that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God, that's you and I, would be complete, thoroughly furnished unto all good work. 2 Timothy 3, 16. Think about that word profitable. There are a lot of people in our world today that ignore the scriptures. And as a result of that, they're living a life that's not profitable. Pro profitable. There's not, there's not lives of profitability. Their lives are in turmoil and, and trouble. And many times the, the problems that they experience in life are self-inflicted. Have you ever talked to somebody who's made a mess of his or her life and sometimes you, you sit down with them and you talk to these people and, and their lives are literally in shambles? And it's hard, it's a hard thing to, to tell somebody, well, I hate to say this, but you're the cause of your own problems. You're the cause of your own problems. Here's what Paul said. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Galatians 6 or 7. Galatians 6, 7. Very important. 
You see, when you sow bad seed, you're going to reap a bad harvest. And not just in eternity, but here on planet Earth. You know, Solomon once said that the, the way of transgressors is hard. Proverbs 11, or 13, 15. You see, God's Word, it instructs, it, it guides, it corrects, it keeps us on the path of righteousness. Peter said in 2 Peter 1 and verse 3 that God has given unto us all things that pertains unto life and godliness, right? Everything that you need to know about how to live for God, right here. Everything that you need to know how to make preparation for the judgment to come, it's right here. There's the old saying that uh, there's uh, no excuse not knowing the law, right? Even in our courts. Well, you know, there's no excuse. You should have known the law. Have you not read? We need to know the law. Make preparation. What does that say to us? It says we ought to treasure this book. It says that this book ought to be the most important book that we have in our possession. How many books do you own? I, I, I have a library full of books. In fact, uh, uh, my wife probably could tell you that we can't eat books, but I would kept buying books, reading books, you see. I, I don't know. But I wouldn't trade a single book and some of the books that I really have and I really love. But none of the books that I possess, none of them can come close to this book right here that we call the Bible. Here is why it's so important because this is the book that will be opened on the day of judgment. That's why it's imperative that we make preparation to follow this book now because this is the book that will be opened on that great and final day. In John 12 and verse 48, Jesus said, He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The words that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. Did you hear what Jesus said? The words that I have spoken the same shall judge us in the last day. In Romans 2, in verse 2, Paul said, But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. In verse 16 of that text, In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. Is there a more important book than this book in your library? Not in my library. When we stand before God on the day of judgment, guess what book is going to be open? Yes, you're right, the Bible. If the Bible is to be opened on the day of judgment, then we better understand it. And we need to understand what this book is all about. We need to be spending time in it. Paul said in 2 Timothy 2, 15, study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman, not that, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. If you're not studying and meditating on the truth of God, you're, not, you're robbing yourself. Why is that? Because you don't know the contents. We need to understand that what this book 
is all about, we need to understand that this great book right here can guide you home. Eternal life in heaven. In Revelation 20, verse 10, John talks about, well, in that whole chapter, John talks about that great and final day of judgment. But he said in verse 11 something that, that really strikes home for us. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, from whose face and the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in those books according to their works. Their first set of books that John spoke of in that context, the Bible, the Old and New Testaments, those who lived under the patriarchal system will be judged accordingly to that law. Those who lived under the Mosaic law, the Mosaic dispensation, they will be judged according to that law. Today, you and I will be judged by the law of Christ under the Christian dispensation, Galatians 6.2, and it's called the perfect law of liberty. James 1.21. Something James also said in James 2 and verse 12, he said, So speak ye, and so do, as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. What James is saying is that you better act in accordance to the word of God. Why? Because you'll be judged by it. You better speak according to the word of God. And why is that? Because you'll be judged by it. And so in closing this morning, you and I will one day have our day in court. You and I, we will be there together. No exclusions. Here's the truth of the matter. How well you and I do in court, God's courtroom will be dictated by the choices that we have made here in this life. You can leave here today and say, well, I'm not going to live for Christ. You may say, well, I'll never obey the gospel. Well, that's your choice. That's your right. You have that right. But you have a right to be wrong. If you leave here and have never rendered obedience to the gospel of Christ, we can't force anyone to obey the gospel. But I do want you to know this, that if you make that choice, it's a poor choice. And the heartaches and the sorrows that will one day accompany that choice are unimaginable. You really can't understand the gravity of your decision until that day comes and you're standing before the judge in God's courtroom. For you see, the Bible says, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be condemned. Mark 16, 6. Standing before God condemned. Do you think that that's what God wants you to do? Is to be condemned? Absolutely. The Bible says that God would have all men to be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. 1 Timothy 2 and verse 4. The Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all will come to repentance. When Jesus went to the cross of Calvary nearly 2,000 years ago, he suffered, bled, and died 
for you personally. What does that say about the intrinsic value of your soul? God loves you enough to sacrifice his only begotten son so that you might live with him. And to think that some people would neglect that, it's hard to believe. And then there are some that are unfaithful. I hate to admit, sometimes I shake my head. I don't get it. I, I just don't understand. I don't, I don't get how some people can be so lackadaisical in their approach to Christianity. How some folks can wander in and wander out to live as if it really doesn't matter. Here's the bottom line. When we made the decision to get on board with Christ, we were saying the Lord's number one. And that no matter what, I'm going to live for the Lord. The problem is, some of our lives are not representing that. We're not showing that. We're not looking at the Lord as being number one. Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. That's what we should be doing. You might be here already a child of God. You've already obeyed the gospel. You've been living the Christian life for some time, but you allowed sin back into your life. Satan has got a wedge in there somehow because you allowed it. And that you've went down that wrong direction and you are now unprepared, lost. Going to that place that God had prepared for the devil and his angels. Repent of those sins. And pray that God will forgive you. We're here for you. We're here to bear one another's burdens. Can we help bear that burden with you? And help you, encourage you, edify you to get past that sin? And in your repentance, to be able to have the forgiveness of God once again. But you might be here and never rendered obedience to the gospel of Christ. As Paul said in 2 Corinthians 6, 2, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Let me tell you, tomorrow may be too late. Now is the time. Today is the day. Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God? Are you willing to make the changes necessary? A uh, whole 180 degree called repentance. Are you willing to make that good confession and go down into the waters of baptism to have those sins washed away? We hope that you will this morning. We're about to sing a song of encouragement, number 348. Listen to the words of the song and see if it doesn't convict you to make the changes. Won't you come? Let it be known.